You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Time for Counterpoint. And tonight we bring in John Raz, former Liberal War Room director, also former international journalist, as well as Bill Hutchinson, former competitor to me, journalist, and now a professor of journalism. Good to have you guys. Hi there. Let's talk about the PC leadership because you guys listen to it. I listen to it. And uh, let me start off. I'll start off with a couple of clips, but it just ended and it comes with some new it comes at a time when we've got new polling numbers uh, about Doug Ford and Christine Elliott. So we'll talk about that. But I want to play you a couple of clips that uh, were were memorable. They stood out. Take a listen. I'm glad Doug wants to sanitize Queen's Park, but we really need to get rid of all the damage that the McGinty wind liberals have done. And I'm going to give you a concrete example. You want another example? Here's one. Wind turbines. I pledge that if I'm leader, I'm going to take those wind turbines and I'm going to rip them right out of the ground. Beautiful. And here's why. Because families in Ontario are burdened by the cost of we're, that we're giving to these companies who generate electricity we don't need, that we sell at a loss to Americans, our friends south of the border. That's, right. That's ridiculous. So those wind turbines will be gone. And we have it within our purview to do so, and I'll make sure that we set the parameters properly because we have the constitutional ability to do so. So those wind turbines, gone. All right. This is through lean systems. And you ask any black belt in Lean Six Sigma, if they can find 4% on the government, they'll laugh at you. They will absolutely laugh at you. There's so much waste in all departments. You can sneeze and find billions of dollars at the province. <laughs> absolutely sneeze. You know, the party with the taxpayers' money is over. They can pack their loot bags up and they're all going because we're going to sanitize Queen's Park from top to bottom. Queen's Park is politically corrupt from top to bottom. There you go. All right, so Doug Ford, Tanya Granick, Allen. Um, look, they're very interesting. I thought her comment on the windmills is hilarious. It can't be done, but it was hilarious. Uh, but Doug Ford speaks the language of a lot of people, and he shouldn't be underestimated. No, he shouldn't. And he's got a, another party, another campaign slogan in there: the the yeah. party with the uh, taxpayers' money is over. It's the gravy train is 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 over. Uh, it's the same uh, theme, and and those play well with the public. So does his uh, quip where he says, "I will cap taxes and trade Kathleen Wynne." I thought that was very cheeky. Now, the new polling that comes out today has Christine Elliott and Doug Ford in a in a pretty much neck and neck. He's actually a little bit ahead of her uh, by a couple of points. Carolyn Mulrooney comes in third. Tanya Allen Granick. Granick Allen. Let, let's, Tanya. Let's assume, Tanya comes in fourth. Let's assume for a second the Main Street's uh, polling is correct. Everything matters. Where do the other voters from the other two candidates yes. go? It's a big assumption that it's correct. There's yep. still a lot of days before this all shakes out. Well, it's also assuming people are going to, going to actually go out and vote. That's correct. Although I think that there's a motivated base right now. There there's is a, been a lot base. of excitement about a But you only got, from what I heard last, was 17,000 people who actually registered to vote at well, this point. That's now, why I know they've got till, till March 5th, yeah. but then they also have to have the people who are, are going to be able to figure out the system online. And there's unfortunately a lot of people out there who will have difficulty with so it. But oh, I'm sorry. I figured it out, back. so there's hope for people. Going back, let's assume that, that, that Main Street's uh, numbers are correct. It would probably shake out, in my view, in Christine Elliott's benefit, yeah. not in Doug Ford's benefit. Albeit. Well, let's let's play uh, you know these these numbers and say okay, Tanya Granick Allen will be number four in the in the voting based on this this poll, right? Okay, so who are the second choice 
uh, for the people who vote for her for number one. Are they Doug likely Ford. to go to Doug no, they'll Ford? They'll go to Doug Ford. They'll Turn go to Doug Ford. Okay, so that'll go to Doug Ford. That gives him a bump. But then right. if Caroline Mulrooney's number three, who's the second pick for them? And it probably is Christine Elliott. Yeah. It probably is Christine Elliott. And so it makes it a very tight race. I think if I am running Christine Elliott's uh, campaign right now, what I want is I want to force Doug Ford to make the error that he has historically made by saying something so crazy that a considered voter would say, I just can't lean in that direction. See, now, I think that, that the party could win with either of them as the leader for different reasons. I think with Christine Elliott, you've got broad support. The people who have voted liberal in the past couple of elections, who are maybe tired of the liberal government at Queen's Park, they, they will be comfortable with Christine Elliott. Doug Ford, on the other hand, uh, he will get his base of support in Toronto. And, and we're talking about Fortress Toronto for, for the Liberals. If you can break through that, you can make a difference. He'll get his votes in, in Etobicoke and Scarborough, and that'll take a few seats he'll away from... He'll get them in the 9057. He'll get them in the 9052, but I'm talking about just in, yeah. in Fortress Toronto. If he takes those seats away from them... The other people who were, think, were thinking I, about I have voting... To, I have to interject. I think everybody keeps on making this assumption that Doug Ford's message, this folksy, like, populist message, whether it's Gravy Train or any of those sound bites he came up with tonight, only resonates in downtown or oh, in... I don't think oh, not so. in downtown. Oh, oh it does not resonate I, I think, in downtown. No, I mean no. in Toronto. I it, I think it resonates in a lot oh, of places I, I think it does, too. Ontario. But, but in, in Toronto, the people who have voted liberal in the past couple of elections who maybe are thinking, oh, maybe I'll, I'll vote PC this time. They won't go to Doug Ford. They will not. And, but and they I may was, go to the NDP, which will get, gain some seats for the NDP, which again will, will break down Fortress Toronto. It, it's true. But here's the thing. I watched the debate, and Carolyn Mulrooney, I'm sorry, I really like her. She's a very bright woman. She is not a good debater. And she may actually lose support tonight because I think she came, she, she was beige. She was very, very kind of to, stuck on talking points. She, to me, she yes. looks like somebody who's shocked to realize that if you're going to do this sort of thing, that the Take facts the might class. actually not matter. I mean, this well, is a Harvard were... Law grad. This is somebody who's a considered person, very bright, very articulate, and wants to be measured, wants to be mature in her views. And what she's realizing is, that soundbite matters more than the truth. And she's stuck on talking points. And you can see her when she's talking. She's actually ta- thinking out the talking point, and it's making her seem <laughs> unreal. You know, y- you just got to be yourself. And that's where Tanya is is ha- lucky because she doesn't have to she be had to, and She Ford had to be, be feisty, Tanya yeah. Granikow, just to get any attention. She has to be the attack dog and, and get out there and get her message she out. She looks like a stalking horse uh, for <laughs> Doug Ford to me. I swear to God, if I could have invented her as Doug Ford's campaign manager, I would have. She's yeah. Sarah Palin, a f- solid ten points parked on the side, right over there. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't. I wouldn't underestimate her, and she shouldn't be laughed at. She gives a voice to a part of the base that uh, feels like it's been shut out a- and, for again, a long time. Again, uh, when you look at uh, Sam Osterhoff uh, uh, down in, in Niagara, nobody expected him to beat uh, Rick Dykstra uh, at that time. Um, and yet he got the vote out. That's right. And she may actually get the vote out and actually surprise people where and, she ends up. And the more radicalized the base, the more the more sort of, uh, I suppose, ideological the base, mm-hmm. the more likely they are to come out. Because they're going to vote on very specific and, and issues. In that her case, today. that's social conservatism. But let's face it, everybody's voting money in this province right now. I think that's been the concern and the complaint about Kathleen Wynne, which is where's my money going and why is so much of it leaving my pocket? Yeah, and, and bottom line is, Pocketbook issues matter. And that's what I did here tonight in the debate. You mean what the, I, what the party with taxpayers' money is over? Apparently. Yeah, the loot bag is gone. But what I liked is they all said the same thing about the carbon tax. They'll get rid of that. I'm sorry. I don't even think most I voters hate. understand what a carbon tax right, is. Right, it's a tax. Well, that's what it is. It's a tax. It's not anything but a tax. It does nothing for Mother Earth. It's a tax. 
and I don't want it because it's very expensive. But also, no new taxes, no increased taxes, and they're talking about cuts. I'm sorry it hurts, but we need to do it, and that's the language I want to hear. And Doug Ford actually scored some uh, points tonight when he said that they did cut a billion dollars without people losing their jobs at City Hall, because that will be the main attack line. If he ends up being the leader, he's just going to cut jobs. He's going to be another Tim Hudak. He's going to cut 100,000 jobs. Well, he's he's said tonight, I... We cut a, a billion dollars uh, down at City Hall without people losing their jobs. He, he did address the frontline workers. He give incentives and build a little clinic wherever a doctor was prepared to work in rural Ontario. He made a lot of crazy promises to quote the census. Goodness knows, politicians never do oh, that. Oh yeah, because that's never happened before. The Liberals <laughs> never made promises. Doug like Ford that. is a politician. Oh my God, I didn't know. We let's, have a new headline. Let, let's just remember he didn't win the last mayor's race, and it was he precisely could he could have though. He yeah, but the polling was showing him increasing he jumped into that that uh, race in the middle of it if it had gone on for a few more weeks full disclosure having worked for john Tory in that race i don't believe he would ever have gotten there and i'll tell you why because if i was the war rooms of the other candidates i know i can go doug ford into saying something that's so over the top that is so unpalatable to ordinary voters with we'll never know in that race We'll, we'll never see. know, but let's time see what time. happens this time. All right, I got to wrap it there. When we come back, we'll talk about the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I think you know who I'm talking about. That coming up next on Counterpoint. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. John Raz joins me and Bill Hutchinson for this part of Counterpoint. Let's talk about a little story in Ottawa that just is not going away. Um, Justin Trudeau is now quadrupling down on a conspiracy theory that was dug up by, uh, I guess, a trusty civil servant who's a second in command when it comes to our country's national security. And it has caught the attention of the Indian government, and they are quite offended by it, but that it suggests that they planted this jazz at wall uh, to embarrass the prime minister. And they came back today and said, uh, yeah, no, that did not happen. We did not do that. So this is a problem. But here in question period, these are the kinds of questions Justin Trudeau is now facing. The Honourable Member for Yellowhead. Mr. Speaker, in 1986, I was one of the first officers on the scene of the shooting on Indian Minister Sidhu. I helped him and his wife into the ambulance. It's a day I will never forget. Jaspal Atwell was convicted of attempted murder in that shooting. The victims of terrorism, they have names, they have faces, and they have families. To the Prime Minister, why would he ever meet with Jasper Atwell. As I do to all men and women who serve in uniform to keep our communities and our country safe. Uh, as I've said a number of times, uh, the invitation never should have been extended to this individual, and as soon as we found out about it, uh, we rescinded that invitation. Uh, the MP responsible for it has uh, apologized, uh, and we will continue uh, to work uh, to uh, stand against violent extremism and terrorism uh, wherever it uh, rears its head around the world. Says the guy who gave a $10 million check to... Oh, never mind. Um, okay, look. 
he's doubling down. He's saying he he you know he's punishing everyone. Everyone's taking the fall for Justin Trudeau. Not a lot of room under the bus uh, anymore. He's just shoved everybody Hold under there. Hold on. What are the facts here? What are the facts? The facts are that the Indian government vetted the event. No, apparently they weren't allowed to. They, they said today that they were not allowed to see the list. They vetted the event. The RCMP did not. I have friends in the RCMP. They were. They it was not their jurisdiction, and it was the Indian government. And according to every good British journalist who busted the story open a few days ago, as I said on your show, the Indian government vetted and looked over that event. Now, whether they planted him or whether they allowed him in because they didn't care, there's a there's another question you should ask. This guy was found guilty of being the trigger man on Vancouver Island is now roaming around free in India. His turban is gone. His hair is short. He clearly cut a deal with Indian intelligence so he could walk around freely. He was not just convicted of that, by the way. He was yep. also a fraud yep. artist. He had been involved in a number of... He's also been involved in the uh, Liberal Party. He's also been photographed also with Justin Trudeau in the past. He but of course, has, those who wrote Indian government elements that had him pose with the, the Prime Minister. major party in the country... And he continues to insinuate himself. I'm Two not saying he's a good guy. He I'm not saying he should have been Sophie there. Gregoire. I'm sure the rogue Indian government agents uh, orchestrated that as well. It seems to me that India has some answering to do. Why is this guy wandering around that seems country? It seems to me the leader of our country should step up and say, you know what, we made a mistake, it's our fault, and take responsibility like a leader should do. Well, Instead of constantly pointing fingers to everybody else. Oh, it was a backbench MP. You know what? If it was a backbench MP, fire. then he should have had quiet uh, conversation with him. Hey, that was that was really a bad move. And and actually re- take the responsibility as the, as the prime minister. I will agree with you that it seems incumbent upon the leader of a country to take responsibility. If his own security and the RCMP failed him, he's in a very difficult position. That means he has to point at them and say, you guys let me down. This guy should never have been in that event. Why didn't you vet the list? Okay, okay. But and, hold on. And we're not talking now. about the elephant in the room, which is a civil servant, uh, the, the second in command in our national security, decided to run interference for this government. I mean, I, I don't understand how, A, that happens, and why isn't he been fired? Well, that, that's a very good question. I mean, not, a lot of this story doesn't make sense to me. Like, the first thing that doesn't make sense to me is why this guy's roaming around India a free man if he was, in fact, a Khalistani secessionist and a proven attempted murderer, I mm-hmm. suppose. That's right. So why is he wandering around freely? Not to freely? mention being charged with attack on... It would seem to me that India, the fourth or fifth largest economy in the world with a very good intelligence service, would know exactly where he was, what was he doing, getting anywhere near to this. So there's lots of flies in this ointment, and I'm not suggesting Justin Trudeau should be off the hook for this. Don't get me wrong. I'm suggesting that our Indian friends are also absolving themselves of any responsibility as well. But they didn't ask for well. this trip. You've now created a, a diplomatic incident because the prime minister is is now pointing the finger at the Indian government. That's not how diplomatic relations work. Couldn't and agree you've more. now caused a serious harm to, to the diplomatic relations between the two countries. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. But I also would like to hold, I mean, just as much as I don't think that our leader and his team and our security forces Seems to me that they they failed in their responsibilities. I'm not letting India off the hook either, and they're throwing it right back at us. And no, I'm a you patriot. Do that. You don't let. And India I've off served the hook our country quietly and in back channels. You don't make an in, international incident out of it. Yeah, and that's the problem. Is that it's being played out now on the world stage, and India's saying, "Well, hold on, we didn't ask for this trip. We didn't want this trip. 
We didn't yeah, want you, it for eight days, and now all of a sudden you're dragging us into this? The point is... Well, isn't that the tell, though? India says, we didn't ask for this trip. We didn't want this trip. Right. That tells you right away that this trip was something that they were not interested in. That I mean, no matter well, what... It, it, Justin, was a family, it was a family vacation. And I was about to say that. No matter what Justin Trudeau can say about the failures of our security or the failures of their intelligence network or any sort of you know conspiracy with tinfoil hats, the bottom line is he, he spent most of his time on the subcontinent going to tourist locations, and that was not to his benefit, and I hope he's learned his lesson. Okay, so where does the story go from here? I oh. mean, do, is anybody's head going to roll? Does anybody get fired in that party ever? Because, look, this isn't the first time we had the Josh Boyle thing, we had the Aga Khan thing, which apparently has just gone away, and now we have this. Well, who the, are you going to fire for what? Oh, I don't know. Someone. Someone. <laughs> now that back I don't ban- know that backbench anybody, MP is no the longer MP, the head of the Pacific the Coast Caucus. Maybe the secretary, maybe, maybe. Oh, there's, there, uh, there's somebody taking responsibility. Maybe the aide that didn't check the list. I don't know, or didn't flag someone to say, this guy shouldn't be here, it's a bad thing. I mean, literally. Somebody should have noticed that a long time ago with, with him. I mean, it shouldn't have gotten to this point. You know, I made a joke the last time I was here about the fact that Harper demanded his own security, his own limousine, his own armored limousine. People were upset. Remember about the cost of all of that. Maybe he was onto something in terms of. But I would not begrudge Trudeau if he had done the same thing. If the RCMP says take your own cars over and that. I wouldn't have a problem with that. What okay, I, have I might a prob- have a problem with the cost on a family vacation. On a family vacation, sure. On, a, on an actual uh, official trip where he's going to accomplish something, then yes, absolutely. And let, let's get right down to it. What should have come out of that kind of trip with yeah. that kind of economy was lots of jobs, lots of money, lots of investment, better bilateral relations, oh, trust. Oh, that billion-dollar announcement? Everything <laughs> but that, uh, which is nothing. It's a it's a oh, pit. It's a pit. Sorry, we're paying seven hundred and fifty million. Yeah. And it. it was only at yeah, two hundred and fifty million that was coming to this country, not a billion. So okay. it so seems to me it seems to me we better hire some new people to handle the subcontinental prime minister. Well, that's up to the voters next year. Is this relationship done? Not between us. Is this relationship <laughs> done no, between? It's not, the... it's not irreparable. I think that that it can be repaired, but there's a lot of strength. The only one who can repair it is Hadrian. Let's be honest. He's the most charming of the family, and he, uh, he's honestly, he was the only one that was entertaining on that trip, because he did not care. He's like the honey badger, man. He just, uh, I won't say the word, but can I repair it? I, I mean, I think that these, these relationships go long and hard and deep over decades and decades, and so, of course, it can be repaired, and there's no way that we're not going to have an economic and a social relationship with India. We've got hundreds of thousands of Indian immigrants in this country who are moving back and forth, trying to reunite their families, lots of investment going both ways. Not nearly enough, mind you, mm-hmm. not nearly enough. And Justin Trudeau, I think, was very hopeful that this was going to blossom into a better relationship. If he was sandbag, even if he was sandbag, you could say to yourself, shouldn't we be better and see that coming? Oh, I, th- I think he was point of that trip was to get lots of pictures they could use uh, in campaign uh, oh, we got, next year. We oh, got I'm pictures. pretty sure they won't so be using those they won't now. Be using that campaign. <laughs> in the PC campaign. The, the conservative <laughs> campaign's got lots of oh, pictures yeah. for the, sure the, out of the that worms trip. Are, the worms <laughs> are picking up their files right now. Absolutely right. All right, guys. Thank you. Bill Hutchison joining us tonight. John Mraz also on this edition of CounterPoint.